Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. You can look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. As part of our four-part series, we'll be going through part three today, where we'll be looking at the second of the three examples we are given in our key Bible passage that illustrates faithfulness to the Lord. We'll be looking at Daniel. Daniel had many attributes that made him unique, but in particular, Daniel was extremely faithful to God. It was a part of his lifestyle to be zealous and extremely humble and sensitive to the Lord's promptings. Daniel had no problem standing for the truth even if it meant losing his life. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we listen to today's message. Let us take a moment to seek the Lord in prayer and ask Him for His guidance through His Word and the Holy Spirit to ask the Lord how we can apply what we're learning to our daily living. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord, Heavenly Father. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. Please, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you guide us, O Lord, that you help us to understand, O Lord, Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive, Lord God, to your promptings, to your word, to be able to see the, the example that you give us through your holy scriptures, Lord God, and that we might be able to apply it in our lives through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you please speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The key passage for the series that we're going through can be found in Ezekiel chapter 14, Verse 12 to 23, and this is what the Lord says. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. If I cause wild beasts to pass through the land and they empty it and make it so desolate that no man may pass through it because of the beasts, even though these three men were in it as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, only they would be delivered and the land would be desolate. Or if I bring a sword on that land and I say, sword, go through the land and I cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither son nor daughter, they would deliver only themselves up by their righteousness." For thus says the Lord God, how much more it shall be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, the sword and famine and wild beasts and pestilence 
to cut off man and beast from it. Yet behold, there shall be left in it a remnant who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Surely they will come out to you and you will see their ways and their doings. Then you will be comforted concerning the disaster that I have brought upon Jerusalem, all that I have brought upon it. And they will comfort you when you see their ways and their doings, and you shall know that I have done nothing without cause that I have done in it, says the Lord God. To get an idea of just who this Daniel was before the sight of God and how he was seen in the kingdom of the Lord, we need to, of course, go to the scriptures. Most of our reading will be in the book of the prophecy of Daniel, so you may want to stay there as we read through the different passages. Daniel chapter 10, for starters, gives us an understanding of how God saw Daniel, where it says, Now in the 24th day of the first month, as I, speaking of Daniel, was by the side of the great river, that is, the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Euphas. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. As we read, Daniel was no ordinary man. He was of high esteem before the Lord and before those in the kingdom of God. As we have said before, God loves everyone, and everyone is special to the eyes of the Lord. But there are just some people that stand out before the Lord that are just able to do things that make them that much more special. That's why it is very important to understand what exactly makes some of these people stand out before the Lord. So we can learn how to stand out as well if we want to be that much more special before the eyes of God. We read here that Daniel was greatly beloved and greatly respected. Just look at the being, the messenger that is sent to reveal God's prophecies to him. So what made this Daniel so special before the eyes of the Lord? What made him so respected in the presence of those that stood before the Almighty? To understand, we need to go back to the beginning of Daniel's story. Daniel chapter 1 tells us this. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, 
gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are of age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you, and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all of the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So in order to understand who this Daniel was, we need to look at the background of what had happened with the kingdom of Judah. Judah was conquered by the Babylonians as part of the punishment God had brought upon them because even though they knew God's truth, speaking of Israel, possessing the knowledge of the scriptures, they did not serve the Lord. And despite the fact that for many, many years God sent them prophet after prophet to persuade them from their evil ways, they still did what was wrong and evil before the Lord. They served pagan gods and demons. They had become immoral people, calling what was wrong right and what was right wrong. As a group, they had become too decadent and fallen before the eyes of the Lord. Does this all sound familiar? And so God allowed for their enemies to come upon them and destroy them and take some of the survivors and prisoners as slaves and servants. And this is where Daniel comes in. Despite the national decay of Judah, Daniel did not follow his society's destructive ways. He remained faithful to the Lord. And despite what had happened with Babylon, Daniel remained faithful to the Lord to the point of keeping himself as spiritually clean as possible. Both him and his friends chose to eat vegetables, not because they wanted to be on a special diet for vanity's sake, but rather, and no matter how desirable the king's delicacies were and how much he would be in danger for not following commands, he chose to stay away from those things that were sacrificed to the idols. That was the problem with the king's food. Back then, food was dedicated to idol worship and the very consumption of it was sinful before the Lord. And of course, who knows what they did with the food itself? 
because pagan societies had unclean practices with their food. And so Daniel wanted to remain faithful and clean before the eyes of his Lord. This is one of the things we should notice and apply to our lives. Daniel separated himself from that which displeased God, and even at the risk of his own well-being. We live in a sinful world with sinful societies and sinful practices. As we have discussed before, there may not be a lot of idol worship like there was before, like worshiping and praying to weird beings and demons, although there is a fair amount of that also. The type of idolatry we have today is a little more subtle and undetectable if we're not careful. There are many other idols and wrong things that people serve and worship that are given precedent before the Lord. And so, that is just as evil as if we were kneeling and praying and worshiping the anathema, the accursed. And many so-called believers have adopted the ways of the world and have become just as fallen before the eyes of the Lord by putting other things before God, by practicing those things that are wrong, by living a sinful lifestyle. We need to learn to be like Daniel, not for the sake of becoming holier than the people that surround us for religious reasons, but instead to please our Lord, to bring glory to our God, to be salt and light in a fallen world so people can see the hope and transformational power that can be only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we become the same thing and we do the same wrong things, then what is the difference? What hope of eternal life are people going to see in us if those things that produce life are not in us, if they are not visible? What if the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is not present in us? So you see, many Christians call right what may not necessarily be right before the Lord. Going to church is not a fruit of the Spirit. Doing spiritual things do not necessarily reflect God's nature in us. Tithing and offering is not part of the fruit of the Spirit either. These are not bad things, of course, but they are not proof that God is working in our lives. What else can we see in Daniel's life? Daniel had a close and intimate relationship with the Almighty. He had a humble heart before the Lord. Daniel chapter 2 tells us the following story that helps us understand this. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king and the king said to them, I have had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, Live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. And the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there's only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. 
Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So you see, Daniel sought after the mercies of God and he helped others come alongside to do the same as well. How can we seek the mercies of God? By humbling yourself before the Lord, by confessing and turning away from your sins, by doing those things that bring honor and glory to the Lord, by obeying the Lord and putting him first, not to seek your own benefit, but rather to seek the benefit of others, even of those people that do not like you very much. We read this right after where it says, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. And so, he looked for the welfare of others. He wasn't thinking about himself, about solving his own problem or saving his own life. You can easily see the goodness in Daniel's heart, which is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We can further see what is in heart of Daniel by the way he spoke to his God, as it is also written, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we asked you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. So, do you see where Daniel's heart is? He blesses his God. He understands that God is above everything and everyone. He understands that God is the source of everything good and necessary. And he rightfully leans and seeks after the Lord. He didn't go running to a university or the internet for his answers. He didn't do what society would do to solve their problems. He didn't pursue money to solve his issue, and he certainly did not pursue idols or demons for his answers, nor even other people. And he didn't run from the problem either. He stood firm right where he was and looked to the Lord. 
He put God first. He looked to the Lord for his answers. Now, do we do the same thing? Is God the first person we run to? Or how about this? Do we only run to the Lord when we need something? God wants for us to depend on him, but not to look for him just to fix our problems. He is our provider, our refuge, our strong tower. He is the Lord of hosts, but he doesn't want to be sought after only for that. Just as much as you don't want for anyone to look for you just to say nice things to you and because they want to get something from you, right? I mean, I don't think anybody likes feeling used. Well, God doesn't like that much either. Isaiah chapter 29 says this, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, therefore behold, I will again do a marvelous work among these people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. So you see, we can't sweet talk God. He knows when we are giving him lip service. He knows when we're just looking for favors. And when our heart is far away from him, he makes wisdom disappear and understanding go away. He allows for us to become stupid to make bad decisions, to do those things that bring calamity and destruction into our lives. Why? Because God wants for people to be sincere with Him, to truly desire to look for Him. He doesn't want lip service. He hates hypocrisy. Everybody does. Daniel always looked for the Lord, not only in times of need, but all of the time, and no matter what the cost. We'll see a bit more of this Daniel in chapter 6, where it says, it pleased Darius, and, and Darius, by the way, is another king that came after Nebuchadnezzar, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it can be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. 
And so we can see a couple of general things here in Daniel. The first thing we can see is that Daniel didn't do anything wrong. His enemies, even though they didn't, they didn't like him, they could find no fault in him. So he had a lot of integrity, such that the only thing they could find wrong, per se, had to do with his following of the Lord. And that brings us to the second and most noteworthy thing in this part, that he was a person that was faithful to the Lord. He was so faithful that his worship and obedience to the Lord was immovable. He would rather be put to death than to stop honoring and following the Lord. And so, are we that determined to follow and obey the Lord, even to the point of risking our lives? Is the Lord the most important thing for us, even more important than our very lives? Sometimes, actually many times, so-called Christians are even afraid of being perceived as such because they don't want to even run the risk of some ridicule. But for Daniel, the answer was yes, that God was the most important thing to him. And so not even the idea of being torn apart by lions changed or affected his love for the Lord. He just kept going, business as usual. And so we see that Daniel was in fact truly unique, one of a kind in every kind of way imaginable. Daniel's heart for the Lord had no equal during his time. Because he was a person, a human being, we can determine that he was not perfect, but as far as his actions, we can see that he was pretty close to it, especially where it concerned the Lord and his word. Daniel was ultimately a very intensely faithful person to the Lord, someone that loved the Lord above all things and everyone around him. Even his enemies could see it rather clearly. So one question we could ask ourselves if we are truly believers and followers of Jesus Christ is, despite our imperfections, can our enemies see our love and faithfulness to the Lord? Can they see the difference that Christ is the most important thing to us, even more important than our own lives? While here on earth, no human will ever be perfect. And according to the word of God, we are taught this. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Yet, the law does point out to us what this Daniel exemplified. That Daniel loved God above all things. And that Daniel loved his neighbor, even those that were his enemies. Daniel never hurt anyone. And so even though we may not be perfect, but yet through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. When the Lord is reigning in our lives, we can strive to learn how to love the Lord and how to love our neighbor through the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God through our lives. We're not expected to be perfect while here on earth, but that does not mean that we should just stay there and not pursue the very things that allow for us to find salvation through Jesus Christ and help others see the way to life itself by the way we live our lives. That's the whole reason for seeing this Daniel as an example that we don't just go away saying we can never be like Daniel, but rather we should have faith in the Lord and in what he wants to accomplish in our lives 
if we just let him. Faith and love in Christ is what will make possible obeying the Lord and being faithful to him. Because when we love the Lord, then we will do what he asks us to do. And there is no law or regulation in love. Love is everything and it is law free. As humans, we may not be perfect, but we can certainly learn to love this God that gave it all for us, even dying for us on the cross because he loved us so we could be eternally with him, saved from the eternal consequences of our sins, resurrected to new life in Christ Jesus, if we just repent and convert with all of our hearts to God and make Jesus the Lord and master of our lives. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O oh God, for, for the living examples that you give us through your word. That, Lord, it is possible to, to, to have different things happen in our lives. To be different, Lord God. To be pleasing before you. Lord God, uh, we know that everything is through your Son, Jesus Christ. But Heavenly Father, we know also through your word that through your Son, Jesus Christ, is that you want to accomplish a work in our lives. Lord, we understand through your word that you're in the business of transforming lives. And Heavenly Father, help us to see the many different examples that we have in your word of men and women that pleased you, that found favor before you, not only because of their faith, but because of what they did because of their faith in you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that faith needs to be, Lord God, to have works. We need to be able to show the evidence of a true faith in our lives. That faith is more than talking and singing and jumping, jumping up and down or whatever it is that a lot of people do. That faith in you is loving you and obeying you and doing those things that truly bring you honor and glory, Lord God, and that help our fellow neighbor. Heavenly Father, in these times that we're living today, help us to understand that now more than ever, we need to be like Jesus Christ. We need to be faithful like this Daniel, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to let you work in our lives so that we can continue changing and being transformed so that we are more useful in your hands. Heavenly Father, so that we can grow and by growing, we're able to help those around us also find their way to you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that, that this is life. Lord God, so many people try to understand the meaning of life. But yet, there's only one life. And that is Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that we can find life in. The reason to exist. The why we are all here. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that. For our own good for the good of those that surround us. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Please join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.